welcome to episode 31 of Roll the Credits Podcast with Aaron and Brian. On this week's episode, if you can't tell from the title, we are going to be giving you guys reviews for Shazam and Hellboy, and I'll also have a review for Pet Cemetery for everybody as well, uh, which I saw this past week. Other than that, uh, we'll have a bit of news for you guys, a little bit of catching up. We were off last week. I was at WrestleMania weekend, which was fantastic. Um, I still absolutely hate New York City, um, but outside of that, it was a great weekend. Um, I've been very fortunate to go to the last three, um, and I will certainly be taking a year off next year, though. Um, but uh, yeah, good time for me. Brian, how about you? How's your last two weeks been, actually? so uh, Pretty good. The week before when you were off, I was on call, so I didn't do much. But then this week, we got out to the movies twice. It's getting beautiful. Baseball season's away. It's good. It's good times. Good times indeed. Um, so we'll get right into it here with the biggest news of the week. Uh, we are recording this on Saturday, bright and early, um, as we are fit into a, a tight time crunch. So it isn't our normal Sunday slot. But uh, anyway, on Friday, yesterday for us recording, um, Star Wars 9, uh, the Star Wars celebration, we got a... Uh, the first like teaser trailer for the film, which is releasing in late December. And we got the official title finally, uh, which is Star Wars Episode 9, Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, Brian, I know you you have had plenty of questions about this um, title. I mean, I had one question. I, it just didn't really make sense because it's like the end of the saga, but then Rise. Yes, but I mean, if you rewatch the trailer, um, obviously, you know... Um, palpatine's back which is awesome um in itself but even luke says in it i think that you know when you die you're never really gone so i think while it is the end i think luke is going to definitely end up playing a huge role in this uh especially with palpatine back um i saw it could be partly talking about kylo because you know he's you know he's skywalker of source you know on Solo and Princess Leia's son, he's a Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, that's true as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, at, at, as the end, I mean, we'll see. Uh, but uh, good title. I'm fine with it. I know it was one that was somewhat rumored for uh, weeks. I know there was a couple of them. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the trailer looks awesome. Um, you know. <laughs> uh, looks beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it looks really good. I'm super excited to hear Star Wars fans eventually complain about this film. Um you know, that's always my favorite part of nerd culture. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks really good. If you haven't seen it yet, you obviously go out of your way to check it out. Um, I waited on it most of the day yesterday um, while I was at work. I kept kind of flipping back through Twitter to see if they had released it yet. Um, Star Wars Celebration looks crazy. So many people out there for that. So, obviously, so you know, it's still got a huge fan base. I mean, it's always going to. Um, and Disney, this is another movie that Disney is going to make a crap ton of money on this year, Another billion. which, um, and we'll get into it later on, but, um, why they're able to, you know, give us a streaming platform for such a cheap price. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks great. I don't really have anything else to, to comment on it. I don't know if you do, Brian. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it looks great. It looks like a lot of fun. You know, I love the characters. You, um, it's just cool bringing Palpatine back, you know, bringing back back to the original trilogies and stuff. 
absolutely um diving keeping with disney here diving into the mcu uh rachel vice and david harbour are in talks to um star in black widow the solo film coming out probably in summer 2020 uh possibly set to film this summer um there is a lot of rumor that that is going to be one of the summer 2020 uh releases from marvel that are still undefined um Mm -hmm. no real uh disclosure on what roles they're going to be playing um so we'll end up seeing how that goes i know there was talks that rachel vice might end up playing a longtime hydra leader uh viper uh but we'll end up seeing uh david harbour which we'll get into with hellboy later on but great in stranger things um and they will join apparently scarlett johansson and florence Pugh uh in the movie and we'll see and uh who else gets cast but so far if if those are your four big ones for the movie i mean that's a pretty talented group right there yeah that's Uh, a nice solid four that is for sure gonna be exciting if that ends up coming out um a quiet place Two, a quieter place um that's the title i'm working off of right now until i get an official title which i don't know if it'll be a quiet place Two, but uh cillian murphy is set to join the cast there uh the character he will be playing is described as a man with mysterious intentions who joins the family unit uh the full starring cast is set to return krasinski not as an actor but will be returning as writer director as he was on the first one Mm. uh that'll be interesting uh cillian murphy obviously famous he's done several christopher nolan movies um has um uh, that netflix show uh peaky blinders uh mm, drawing, yep. a, drawing a blank there um so a pretty talented actor also i believe played scarecrow in the yeah. uh batman begins um uh, yeah more christopher nolan stuff so yeah he i think he's been <laughs> in three or four of them so uh obviously a talented actor if he's getting christopher nolan roles um so well, that's a good one to get in there especially if you're looking for a, a male character to sort of replace krasinski's character um in this upcoming ad- adaptation of a quieter place uh and if we get to a third one i'm going to be going by the quietest place um there just throwing it out there uh but we can't go past three movies because i don't have anything after that <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> the quieter space. Uh, yeah, uh, the depths of hell. I don't know. <laughs> um, Emma Stone and Ray Fiennes are possibly starring in a horror comedy entitled The Menu. It is about a couple who travels to a remote island to attend an exclusive restaurant where the acclaimed chef has prepared a lavish tasting menu with some shocking surprises. I mean, Emma Stone obviously starring in Zombieland One and Two, which are both horror comedies. Um, and Ray Fiennes, who is supposedly going to be playing the chef in this said thing. So we'll end up seeing like who ends up playing, uh, assuming these two get on there. I know they're the ones that are wanted for the roles. Uh, we'll end up seeing who plays Emma Stone's other half in this once that comes down the line. But it sounds interesting. Uh, good horror comedy I'm all about. Um, and who knows? Uh, probably be interesting. And if they're according to really good actor, actresses, uh, probably probably in for a good movie yeah pair up with uh, ryan gosling again we'll all love to see that <laughs> um in the horror world mark hamill was set to voice chucky in the upcoming child's play movie which was revealed uh i think like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago um pretty excited for this i mean mark hamill was a great voice actor obviously um doing uh the joker for the um 
Batman animated series and stuff. Uh, so that's pretty exciting for sure. Has me a little more interested in the Chucky movie. I was never a real big fan of the Chucky movies in the past. Um, creepy dolls freak me out. So uh, that's why. But obviously getting Mark Hamill to play Chucky, and I believe this is the film that also has Brian Tyree Henry and Aubrey Plaza in it. Yeah. Uh, good, solid cast. I'm, I'm pretty pretty ready for that. Um, a good year of horror films for sure, and that'll continue to add to that. Um, and moving on, Suicide Squad. What the hell is going on with this film? I uh, Is it a reboot? Is it a sequel? No one knows. So we talked about it before in that this one was going to be essentially a reboot of it and just, you know, axing the, the previous Suicide Squad film. But now we have confirmation that Jai Courtney is going to be reprising his role as Captain Boomerang, which is a very forgettable character from the first one. <laughs> yeah. And Viola Davis uh, is going to rep- be reprising her role as Amanda Waller, who was the um, person who kind of put together the, the group of villains. Uh, they will both be returning Idris Elba, as we talked about before, uh, was going to be playing Deadshot, now is not going to be playing Deadshot, Deadshot will now not be in this movie, so the one character <laughs> people wanted to bring back is not going to be in this film, Elba will be playing another undisclosed character that hasn't been named at this time, um, and obviously uh, Margot Robbie is reprising her role as Harley Quinn in this film. I don't know what's going on yeah, with this. I nobody just, does. I'm at a loss for words, really. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I, I mean, I'll see it because it's James Gunn's, you know, directing it and writing it and stuff. But I was very much hoping that we would go in a different direction. But yeah, it's, it's like we had said before. Uh, it's like James Gunn after he got back on for Guardians Three. He's like, oh well let's just wrap up this suicide squad bring back the old characters. I want to get this done with, so I can get back to our passion project <laughs> for sure. And I cannot wait for guardians three, but <laughs> uh, this is definitely going to be weird. We will obviously we're going to see it, uh, but yeah, uh, we'll end up having more updates. I'm sure in the near future, oh, as sure. we get a little bit closer here to shooting. Um, Aquafina is set to produce and star in a movie entitled crime after crime. Uh, her and Ike Barinholtz will co-star and co-produce the film. And Aquafina herself will be playing a millennial podcaster who, or millennial podcaster, is my apologies, who agrees to help the convict she's devoted her true crime podcast to prove his innocence after he escapes jail and turns up at her house. Um, I'm pretty on board with this. Uh, I love Aquafina. I think she's hilarious. And Ike Barinholtz was. Um, great in blockers last year so uh pretty excited for this i'm interested to see uh this kind of spin on the whole uh true crime podcast uh kind of thing so it'll be it's a nice original idea in my opinion so definitely excited to see going forward they're both very funny so yeah it sounds interesting i'm in until we hear more and now we got some new trailer alerts obviously we talked about star wars at the top of the podcast um, new trailer drop for Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, um, starring Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. This one, a little more um, about what the movie is actually about in terms of it being Ted Bundy from the eyes of the women who loved him. 
uh, and all based on an actual uh, book from one of his previous girlfriends. Um, so this one, it's nice to have a trailer that looks a little bit more like what it's supposed to be because I kind of got tired after the first one of explaining to people that that's not the movie isn't a glore fest for Ted Bundy. <laughs> um, it is more on the other end. And, and the first trailer for it did kind of make it seem like it was more about it did. It did. Uh, Bundy and less about the, the women who were with him for so long. Um, so this one looks interesting. I believe it drops May 3rd, if I remember. Um, yep, May 3rd on Netflix. So I'm super excited for that. So now we have Avengers Endgame. We have Extremely Wicked the weekend after that. And then we have Te- Detective Pikachu the weekend after that. Fan, that is the best three weeks of movies I'm gonna get this year, uh, for sure. It probably um, is. I mean, super excited, and I'll definitely will definitely be having a review for that on the podcast. I know we don't do a ton of Netflix movies, but this one, relatively big one. Uh, I mean, it got huge honors at um, Sundance, I believe. So I may, I might have the the movie festival wrong in there, but I think it was Sundance. Um, I believe so. Yeah, so we'll definitely have a review for that. I'm super excited to see what ends up happening with that movie and definitely surprised to see that it's dropping so early. Um, But I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully it's a good film. I have a lot of expectations for it. So (laughs) uh, we also got the first uh, like official trailer, I guess, for Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix in the title role. And man. It looks good. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think Joaquin Phoenix is perfect for the role. Um, and it, it just looks really good. And I mean, the director, Todd Phillips, is not, you know, he has hits and misses all over his record and stuff. But this legitimately looks good. I know there's a lot of tie-in and stuff like that. He got a lot of inspiration from a lot of uh, Scorsese movies in the past and stuff. There's a lot of um, kind of uh similarities i guess to taxi driver a lot of people are pointing out and stuff online which is interesting i mean if they if they go in a route much like that like travis bickle in that film with de niro i'm excited for it um definitely excited uh but we'll end up seeing a little bit more as that plays out uh what's your opinion on these trailers then oh i mean the joker one is the, the two i'm definitely more excited for can't wait for that in october um joaquin phoenix i think will do a great job i was surprised to see how much weight he lost to the role like if you haven't seen the trailer he got like super skinny and he can it's like it's like skin and bones almost oh yeah um he is he looks like straight um bail from the machinist yeah yeah yeah. um yeah definitely extremely wicked it's like the opposite of what the first trailer was this one's a lot more not dark per se but definitely yeah changes the tone of what the movie will actually more be like um but definitely excited to see that's dropping in what three weeks or whatever instead of we thought like a fall drop so it's great yeah um definitely excited for the joker film um and we also saw you know we also saw zazie beats and uh robert de niro and small Mm, uh little parts there in the movie so that'll definitely be interesting it looks super dark um I don't know. Very excited for that. Um, but that's all I have for news for this week, Brian. Uh, pass it over to you. I know you got some big stuff you'd like to bring up. Oh, yeah. Got a couple of things. Uh, just to continue on the trailer track, uh, we also got uh, 
a trailer for the movie Stuber with Kumal Nanjiani and Dave Bautista. I know you said they premiered it at WrestleMania uh, last weekend. It's Kamal Nanjiani. It's a Uber driver and Bautista is a cop. It looks just like a buddy cop kind of funny comedy sort of sorts. I think they'll pair off great together. Um, and continuing with Kamal Nanjiani, he is in talks to join the Eternals movie, which we discussed, I believe, on the last episode that Angelina Jolie will be joining uh, within Marvel. Uh, no idea what the role is yet. They haven't really disclosed that. Um, but it's cool to see him getting into um, these big roles within Marvel and stuff. Uh, then back to Dave Bautista. Uh, he's set to join Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which maybe a month or two ago we discussed. It's like uh, Zack Snyder is producing a movie that's they described as like a zombie heist film in um, Los Angeles after like a zombie apocalypse or whatever. Or Las Vegas after like a zombie apocalypse. I don't know, it'll be interesting, but uh, good ad, adding uh, Bautista to that. I know you're a big fan yes, of him. And... and I would like to note, um, they did play, like, the, the day Stuber dropped uh, the trailer, they actually played it on the, on the Titan Tron stuff at WrestleMania in front of, you know, 83,000 people. Um, so that was really cool. I was really hoping for an Avengers tie-in for uh, Big Dave at Mania, but um, probably better for... Well, he confirmed on a podcast this week that he is in the movie, but he does not know how much of the movie he is in. So, um, we'll end up seeing. Uh, he's also not dead. He'll be back. Um, but, I mean, there's a Guardians 3 movie, bud. Uh, but anyway. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, that was really cool. And obviously, I mean, Stuber needs probably more uh, of a push than Avengers does for people. And most of the people going to WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. For probably sure. already going to go to Avengers. So that was really cool. Um, and obviously, you know, Big Dave wrestled his last match this past week. So that was awesome. And everyone was very receptive for him. So very excited to see how the rest of his uh, movie time now goes with these really big roles. And yeah, Stuber looks great. Uh, I'm very excited for that film. Yeah, I think that's a June release, I believe. Yes, um, it was. It's one of the one of the J months in the summer, J, June or July. I don't remember. <laughs> June or July, one of those. I don't know. Um, continuing on uh, on to some Marvel news. Last or a week and a half ago, uh, on a Tuesday, um, tickets dropped uh, that you could get for Endgame. Broke the internet. Broke all the websites. Basically, um, like AMC was crashed for hours most of the day that came out um within the first six hours of tickets going on sale on fandango um it broke fandango's 24-hour record so in a quarter of the time it just smashed it and earlier this week they announced that within its first week of sales um it sold five times as many tickets as infinity war did last year in its first week and beat the force awakens records for the first week this movie's it could hit a billion I, I dollars mean, opening weekend. <laughs> I mean, they announced for Fandango and Adam that it it surpassed Infinity War, The Force Awakens, um, or The Last Jedi, maybe it was, Aquaman, and like two other huge movies in terms of pre-sale ticket numbers, which is... Like combined, I, I mean, insane. there's been a long point now where I thought, you know, there's no way, you know, it won't, it won't touch... Uh, avatar because of just how much it has to outsell infinity war 
but I I don't know. I, these I, numbers put it definitely in the realm of possibility. It, yeah. Um, uh, I, I mean, there are astounding numbers. I mean, you got like two a.m. show showings in New York selling out. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's it's Exciting. gonna come close. If it's definitely gonna beat Titanic for number two, we'll see how close it gets to. Avatar, I think it needs to sell like 73 million or something more than Infinity War, which is number three all time. 700 million. Oh, is it 700 million? 700 million more than Infinity War. Okay, well, you're better. You read that stuff more than I do, so I'll take your word for it. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's got a long ways to go, but it's definitely there. Uh, Yeah. It's definitely got to run. But I think after these ticket sales, this this could hit a billion dollars opening weekend worldwide, which is insanity to do. I mean, I, you got your tickets right away. I had issues um, with AMC. I got on there like at seven fifty nine, <laughs> and it was already having issues, and then it crashed, and didn't get mine actually till like the afternoon. But I got them, so we're good. And that's good. Yeah, I mean, I pulled into the parking lot at work. I was sitting in my car for a second. I was like, oh, I was like, I wonder if they're up yet. Hopped on uh, AMC at like 745 that morning and they were there. And I was like, oh, well, let me just get this real fast. And then next thing I know, you're telling me you're having issues with it. So issues. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed like the whole world was so. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Twitter was going wild to not be able to get their tickets. Um but yeah, going into the last bit of news is kind of one of the big pieces this week. Um, on Thursday, we finally got more details about Disney streaming service, Disney Plus. We got a release date. It's dropping on November 12th, which seems so far away. Uh, it's seven months. I can't wait for that. Um, but the thing, I mean, we're most excited for, it's only six ninety nine a month. It's going to be great. I was expecting this to be at least $10 a month. And I would still pay for it. But this being six ninety nine a month is just fantastic here. And there's so much material and shows and movie stuff that's going to be on here. You know, it's going to have the whole Star Wars universe. Uh, all of the MCU movies, including Captain Marvel, once that drops, so leading up to there. Um, hundreds and hundreds of hours worth of Disney Channel original movies and TV shows. It's going to have... Uh, the Simpsons, which they announced all 30 seasons of The Simpsons, which I know you're excited about to see. Very excited. Um, it's going to have Nat Geo. Um, that's a part of it. And that's just the channel's specific, like, original shows. You know, they have announced uh, there's, like, four or five different Marvel ones, including, you know, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, uh, Vision and Wanda. They announced... Also this week, there's going to be a Hawkeye limited series with Jeremy Renner returning. Those are great to see uh, within Disney. They're going to have, uh, they announced also a Monsters, Inc. original show with the original cast, voice cast returning, which will be, will be fun. I, I really enjoyed those uh, two movies. <laughs> a fun thing I know you saw with Nat Geo, Jeff Goldblum will the be hosting The world his own. according to Jeff freaking Goldblum. <laughs> I, besides, like that's probably like right up there with the sim all the Simpsons being on there because, um, just I mean Jeff Gold Jeff Goldblum is a freaking treasure man, and to have him like going around the world and stuff like, or whatever he ends up doing with it is gonna be 
electric television, and I'm so here for it. I'm ready. Six ninety nine. Take my money now. Yeah, I also forgot about the the Mandalorian series. You know, the Star Wars original series that'll be available to drop from John Favreau. That'll be great. And the Loki series. This is. I I can't believe this is only six ninety nine a month, and it's all. I also saw there's the annual packages. It's sixty nine ninety nine, which is cheaper. Which is what I'm gonna like, end up getting because exactly. I'm not gonna right have away, a need to get package. rid of it. And that's the thing. I mean, it's you know you look around at all these things, and, and the one I compare Disney to the most is the WWE Network because in terms of a corporation, you know they own all the content already, so it's not like you know, Netflix where, you know, they have to pay and make new content and stuff like Disney already owns the content outside of the new stuff that they put on there. You know, Captain Marvel obviously is going to be on there the, the day it starts, which makes sense because the freaking movie is going to already be on DVD or whatever by then. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they already own that content, so there's not necessarily a need to make that price super high. It's this is basically all just added income, <laughs> added income for the Disney Corporation. Um, everything that oh, they yeah. make here basically is just extra, and that's the same way WWE is with theirs being nine ninety nine for essentially the entire history of American wrestling, uh, <laughs> dating back to the nineteen hundreds <laughs> or the early nineteen hundreds and stuff. Like it's all just added income at some point, so um, it makes sense why it's as cheap as it is. Um, yeah, and not needing commercials and stuff like that, like Hulu uh, oh, yeah. makes all their money on the Didn't back end that. on commercials. So uh, that definitely makes sense. I didn't think it would be expensive. I am, I did think it would be probably about nine ninety nine. So being six ninety nine, I'm super excited for, and I'm locked in already for sixty nine ninety nine oh, yeah. for an annual subscription for it. November twelfth, it's right there. I'm gonna hit subscribe and just start watching from day one. It's gonna be great, and it's. Like you had mentioned briefly, I forgot to say, it's going to be ad-free, which is nice, which, you know, Netflix and Prime are, but with Hulu, Disney owns a good chunk of that, and that's uh, and that has the ads in it, which aren't bad, but it'll be great to see all the stuff ad-free, and it's just going to have the entire Disney library. It's it's going to be massive. It's it's great. I cannot yeah, and and Yeah, and we, all, we also saw, I don't know if you'd mentioned it, but we saw, like, a first glimpse of it and stuff, and it just... The interface oh, looks really good. It's like a night mode for Twitter with like the like a darker background, so like colors kind of pop a little bit more. It's very simplistic looking. Um, so I'm very excited on that front too. That like it, they made it very accessible and easy to see stuff where, um, you know, it, it could end up being harder. But uh, yeah, very excited yeah. for it. Very excited. Yeah, cannot wait for that. But uh, that that's the end of my news there for the week. And end on a high note. Alrighty, um, we're gonna send it over real fast, real quick. Ad, uh, ad read, and then right after that, we'll get to our three reviews for the week: Pet Cemetery, Shazam, and Hellboy. Um, so yeah, quickly over to our ad. Alrighty, time for reviews of the week. Uh, went to the movies three straight days here this past week: Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Um, saw Pet Cemetery on Tuesday. I'll start with that. I gave it a 70 out of 100. Combo score came to a 66.8. Um, it's it's a decent movie. I didn't love it. Um, it's rather abrupt. Uh, to be honest with you, I never never read the book for Pet Cemetery. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 
like a short story turned into a movie. It feels like um, it's a very abrupt sort of ending. It's very simplistic. The one thing I did take away is that Stephen King movies in the past always kind of looked really crappy because there just wasn't the technology to make them good, um, which we see like nothing really against the, the old it TV series, TV movie. Um, but the new one looked a lot better. Um, and this pet cemetery looked a lot better if you saw still images or watched the original pet cemetery movie. It just isn't as nice looking. It looks really cheesy and crappy. Um, so it did look really good, um, which is nice. And, and I'm really glad that we're finally getting real good takes on Stephen King novels because they add so much to the horror base in terms of films. Um, that said, yeah, it's not nothing really wowed me, though um in terms of the storyline or anything like that uh decent performances all around from john lithgow jason clark um and the rest of the cast for it um drawing a few blanks there but yeah i mean it's sort of a short story i don't think it's not something i feel like i could give um like a much higher score for just because it does feel rather abrupt it doesn't have I mean, it has a clear-cut ending, but it feels like there could be more to it. Um, and that's kind of the disappointing part of it. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes, so I kind of assumed it wouldn't be a lot. But it gets kind of right down to it. It's not very boring, I don't think, but it's also not super exciting. There are some terrifying moments throughout the film, which I'll give it credit for. So that was very nice. Uh, but yeah, that's Pet Cemetery, 70 out of 100. If you're a horror fan... Uh, I mean, I would recommend going to see it. Like I said, it's only an hour and 40 minutes. It's not a very long uh, film at all, but a decent film. Uh, But largely, in terms of horror movies in this day and age, it will probably end up being rather forgettable. Um, But it does have me excited for more Stephen King movies going forward um, and the visuals that we will get for those um anyway shazam we'll get into that next brian i'll pass it over to you to get us started on that all right yeah shazam we saw on wednesday night yeah wednesday night um and i really liked the movie i really wasn't sure what to expect going into it because i thought all the trailers looked like it was going to be super cheesy um and not like a great movie or anything but when the reviews came out it has fantastic reviews um and yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. It got off to a bit of a slow start, um, kind of slow, like it extended, you know, they got to set up the character and the villain and stuff. It just felt drawn out. Um, but the rest of the way through, it was so much fun. You know, it definitely is how people described it as like big meets Superman. Um, very enjoyable. Zachary Levi does a great job um, playing Shazam. And then the kid who plays Billy Batson, I can't remember what his name is, the kid actor. Um, but he, he did a good job. His uh, foster brother or whatever we would call him. Um, he did a really good job. He's from It. Yeah, right? Jack Dylan Grazer. Uh, Asher Angel's the kid actor That's who right. plays uh, Billy Batson. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the kid from It, I think he did a great job. He was kind of like awkward and funny and kind of almost meant to be annoying of sorts but i think it worked well um to uh kind of push the billy batson character um really fun movie the villain like mark strong he's a great actor but i don't think he always gets 
like great scripts for him to be the villain like he could play a great villain um and he did a he did a fine job but not a great job um but i really enjoyed the movie the whole way through the ending was kind of fun um they brought on the the seven deadly sins which i guess are a big part within the comic lore um they just kind of look like gargoyles so could have been more there more uh color or just animation of them they weren't very distinguishable between the seven of them um but yeah very good movie i definitely recommend it uh you know if you're into superhero movies or just kind of these fun fun kind of movies uh solid second place in the dcu for me i don't think any movie can with dc that dc puts out will touch wonder woman um at least for right now but yeah i give it a 80 out of 100 it's uh, I think it's now my third movie for the year. So yeah, I recommend it. Go out and see it. Yeah, um, yeah, I gave an eighty out of a hundred as well, seventy nine point nine on the combo score. Um, the beginning is kind of boring and slow. Um, I wasn't totally interested in it. I kind of get it, like it's um, sort of an origin story, or whatever. Which they're very rarely super interesting, but um, it did feel a little bit slow to get off the ground. Um, the middle parts though, it's really good. Um, that's really where my interest really got pretty heavy into the film. Um, there was a great mixture of comedy and action throughout. Um, and it was fun. I, like you said, like I did not expect to like this movie as much as I did. I don't know much about the Shazam character, but it felt overly cheesy going into it, which it still sort of was, but it was very likable in a sense. Um, that said, the suit still looks awful. Um, and really the, uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, I think kind of stole the show as his, um, other stepbrother. He was really funny throughout, uh, Zachary Levi was better than I expected. I've never been a huge fan of his. So, um, actually was a little bit better than I thought going in. Um, that said, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of the climactic fight scene, I, it wasn't awful, but it just, I don't know. It felt very long, which, uh, I, this is one of my big points on, uh, uh, the superhero films is like climactic fight scene, I think goes a long way in where I score these films, um, and a lot of them, but, um, like I said, it wasn't awful. It just felt a little bit too long, uh, which is still better, I guess, than too short, but, um, Overall, as I mentioned to you the other day, it's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on rye bread. Like, the top and the bottom of the film isn't great. It doesn't taste that good. It's kind of yucky. But the middle of it, when you get to that substance, that substance, it's very good. It's very, very rich in filling. Um, so that's, that's Shazam to me, is a PB&J sandwich on rye bread. Um I love that analogy. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of how it is for me. Um, it's very enjoyable. Uh, definitely surpassed my expectations. I probably would have guessed going in that the highest I'd get, end up giving it was a 70. Uh, like you said, I'd put it right behind Wonder Woman. We'll end up seeing if anything gets close to it. That movie was so phenomenal, in my opinion. Gave that, I think, like a 90 or 95. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a good spot for dc to be in uh aquaman was a hit for a lot of people which you know we 
didn't like as much as some other folks did, but it still wasn't a horrible movie. So at least they're progressing into getting uh, a little bit better as they move forward, which is good. Um, I'm happy for him. I hope that we get more better movies. I hope, you know, maybe one day they'll get flash off the ground with a story, but um, obviously we have wonder woman uh, 1984 coming out next year, I believe. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, very, very excited um, to see where they go with this going forward. Um, And like you mentioned, yeah, the seven deadly sins, they could have been a little bit better outside of. um, Sloth, I don't know, whichever the fat one was gluttony, I think. I don't which Look, here's the thing. This is the problem I'm, I'm speaking on right now is that I you can't really distinguish a lot of them apart because they just. They're just like dark gargoyles, essentially, in a sense, Um, with a few little like tweaks here and there, obviously, depending on what the sin is. But um, that would have been better. Mark Strong was a good villain. Enjoyed that. So, yeah, Shazam, an 80 out of 100. Enjoyed it for sure. Uh, Probably this is a movie I'll probably end up buying once it comes out. Um, Oh, yeah. We'll end up seeing what happens in the future. Uh, They're definitely going to have more of these films. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I saw they already they've uh, greenlit a sequel to start being written. So one yeah, week out. and it was also like it was also a very low budget. So while it didn't, um, I did hear that like it was like the lowest opening weekend for a DCU movie. Uh, DC movie. Um, it also already surpassed its budget uh, because it was a relatively low budget, especially for a comic book movie. Which I don't know, maybe that explains why the gargoyles sucked, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a good film, and I'm excited to see where they go in the future with it. Uh, that said, now we'll get into Hellboy. <laughs> um, which, spoiler which, alert, was not a good film. It was. It depends on who you ask. Our scores weren't that far apart, but I feel like you're a little more against the film than I was. I describe it as a Gorn bore um, in a sense of the it's got a lot of grotesque gore throughout it which was kind of cool i definitely enjoyed that part of it unfortunately the rest of the film was bad writing the cgi looked very poor i thought uh like we were talking about the scene there's a scene in there where he's like riding a dragon or whatever it didn't look good it looked pretty awful for uh, a cgi movie and stuff like that um and a lot of swearing is in, just in place of the meaningful storylines and stuff like that that could have been done. Like, it's a lot of, like, cheap uh, trying to get a laugh by saying some swearing and stuff like that throughout. And it's, I don't know, it, it took me back a little bit. Didn't enjoy it. Then again, I, I to be honest with you, I didn't really like the, the first two Hellboy movies that came out in the early 2000s. Wasn't a huge fan. I think I might just not like Hellboy. But... <laughs> I gave it a 50 out of a hundred because when I looked at it, the closest thing I could compare it to was polar, which I also gave a 50 out of a hundred to, And it was pretty much a similar movie, but in a more comic book based world. Um, and our combo score came to a 43.1. So, uh, which is a lot of that because of the Rotten Tomatoes score being absolutely off. What? Like a 13%. Yeah. Yeah. Getting into that. Um, my I gave it a I said it on a forty five out of a hundred for it, um, like what you mentioned the Rotten Tomato, it's like a it's at like a thirteen or fifteen percent or whatever. It's not as awful as that presumes, but it's don't be fooled. It's not a good movie. I don't think. I mean, a, a, 
it's, it's a shame for David Harbour because you know we love him and Stranger Things. He's great in that. I think he did a fine job as Hellboy, but not anything great. Um, there's an obscene amount of, like you said, there's a lot of swearing within the movie, but I've seen amount of just gore and blood and violence, which I'm fine, you know, with blood and violence and like gore and stuff in movies. But I do think there is a thing as too much of it of just guts and brains and stuff in a movie. And I think this was right up there around that. Um, it just had that in there to try to distract you from the weak script and the kind of emptiness of it. Um, it, See, I will sorry. say, like, I don't think that there's such a thing as too much because, I mean, there can be at times, but when you look at what Hellboy is and kind of look at the the character and the backlog of characters and stuff like that, like, it's a demon human that fights <laughs> other demons and shit, like these giant demons. Like, I mean... I don't know. Uh, I feel like like I expect it to be as gory as it is just because, I mean, it's these wielding giants and demon characters and stuff like that, like fighting and stuff like, yeah, I mean, I expect people to get their head chopped down the middle of the skull with a fucking blade and stuff like, I don't know. I, that's just me. But um, yeah, I mean, this is one movie that I I feel like the gore works in. But yeah, I kind of see. I do see their point though. At the same time, yeah. I mean, like that's also it is my just my opinion. I think that it is up there having an excessive amount of it. Um, I understand there is it gore and blood and stuff is what makes is a lot what could make the movie and is important to the character of Hellboy. But it, there was an <laughs> obscene amount of it. You know, just guts and head splittings and other random stuff whatever um i mean and you're also like conditioned with like the marvel movies where there's a lot of like there's death but there's not gore there's not yeah, blood but, I mean, I've like, seen, stuff like that i've seen like gory movies before but this is probably in recent memory one of the goriest movies i've seen um it it it's nothing really about the movie got me excited like i like watched the movie and then there was a few entertaining parts um but nothing that like grabbed my attention and I was like excitedly watching it as it was progressing. It's, but it's not an awful movie. It's just, it's not a good movie. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty, I, I like my 45 score. I think that's fair. So yeah, it's, you don't need to see this in theaters. Maybe if you're a fan of Hellboy, you can rent it when it comes out. But um, yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, if you like, you know, bloody movies and stuff like that, um, definitely like running off rent it when it comes out for sure uh because i it's a movie that i think like you can have fun with um i it's like i say all the time like a good movie doesn't have to be enjoyable and a bad movie doesn't have to be hateable um and this is one i think people can go either way with and much like polar and why i put it right there with it is if you're really into like those that kind of like gore and stuff like that like and you like a good action movie where it's just you know blood everywhere and stuff like that and crazy characters like it it, you'll find it enjoyable um and something that i feel like you'd probably enjoy like i'd enjoy it more if i just watched it on tv or something and um i wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the rest of the film um 
because yeah i mean yeah a lot of the dialogue and stuff comes off as awful um and that kind of sucks down the score for the movie um yeah so i mean that's hellboy uh yeah if you ask our friend ben he loved it and i mean it was just packed with you know violence and gore and action and stuff and that was all he was really looking for he loved it so it just depends on where yeah, you fall I mean, there. that's that's how it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're into that kind of thing, definitely rent it. I don't think it's a movie, you know, if you want to see it in theaters, I'll never tell people, you know, definitely don't go send your money to help the movie industry. But except for Serenity. Yeah, don't do that. that or Beach Bump. Don't, don't spend your money on that. Uh, <laughs> like go. But it's definitely a movie that you could probably rent um, and enjoy at home or something like that. Uh, it'll probably be more enjoyable that way anyway. So that's Hellboy. That's all of our reviews for the week. Um, we'll get into an ad and our top 10 this week um, is all time sitcoms, which Brian did not know what a sitcom meant. <laughs> well, I didn't realize that the, the sit stood for situational. I just never thought about it. It's not like, I mean, I didn't know, but I never really thought about it. I like put much thought into what a sitcom. All right. So. so we'll get into a quick advertisement here and then hop into that. All right, time for our, our top 10 of the week, uh, all-time sitcoms. And as usual, Brian, I'm going to pass it right on over to you to get us started. All right, I'll get started with um, the honorable mentions. Uh, I had a total of 12 on the list, so the honorable mentions, the two at the bottom. Uh, TV show Glow on Netflix, the wrestle, wrestling show. Um, very good show, but didn't quite clock my 10 at that, that number 11. And uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, the animated show on uh, Adult Swim, hilarious show, but also didn't quite break my top ten. Uh, going to number ten for me is the TV show Community. It was on, it was on NBC. I watched it on Hulu because I ca- kind of watched it after it would had gone through. I caught it right at the end of its last season. Uh, funny show, you know about these six characters out of community college. I mean, Joe McHale's in it. Uh, Donald Glover is in it. It's it's a very funny show and definitely ha- has a very cult following to it. Um, so that's my number 10 there. All right. My honorable mentions this week, I had 30 Rock, which is a really funny TV show, but just didn't crack it. Uh, Bob's Burgers, Master of None, and Glow as well did not crack my top 10. Number 10 for me, The Golden Girls. Uh, <laughs> love this. Love that show. Oh. Watched it a lot um, growing up and stuff like that. It's just a really funny uh, old school TV show. I don't really, I'm not going to get into it a whole lot. Cause I feel like most people, even if you haven't watched it, kind of understand what it is, but it's super enjoyable. I mean, I don't understand how anybody could sit down and watch it and then not laugh throughout it. Um, so yeah, that definitely had to be in my 10 somewhere, but it wasn't nearly as high as some of these other ones. So definitely number 10 for me. All right. My number nine, uh, is scrubs. Uh, you know, funny doctor show, um probably would have maybe been a few higher on the list except if they hadn't done that last season but that last season that really wasn't with the main characters but was still a part of it kind of brought it down a little for me um but yeah great hilarious show nice short and doctor comedy um on my number nine there number nine for me i have seasons one through three of arrested development um netflix didn't really (laughs) do the, the tv show a whole lot of favors uh, kind of lost its luster. I actually still haven't seen the, the uh, newer episodes that just dropped in. Arrested Development, 
definitely in there. The first three seasons that were on Fox, I still don't know how that TV show got canceled, but uh, Fox does make some stupid decisions, as we'll see in the future here on this list. Um, but yeah, super enjoyable, great cast all around. Um, I'm a big Jason Bateman fan. Uh, Will Arnett's really funny in it as well. Um, so yeah, Arrested Development, seasons one through three, particularly number nine. Yeah, they were probably near my list, but then I dragged them down because of the Netflix seasons that just brought it below. Um, number eight on my list is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know, classic 90s sitcom with uh, Will Smith. Um, I remember always watching it uh, as a kid, you know, uh, on Nick and Knight it was on, and all the various times if, if it was on TV, I'd be watching it. Um, I don't think I've ever seen it the whole way through, but it's a very funny show. Will Smith was great in it. So Fresh Prince is my number eight. Uh, number eight for me, I have That 70s Show. Um, just a hilarious TV show. Um, it's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't know what's wrong with you, but uh, it's one of those TV shows I kind of grow up watching uh, quite frequently. Super enjoyable. The cast is really good. It's really funny. Uh, about kids growing up in the 70s and stuff a lot of star wars references throughout um obviously um super enjoyable show uh it kind of tailed off a bit in its final few seasons which was never great but those first few seasons much like arrested development were a lot of fun to watch um a lot of dumb comedy i could kind of throw out but uh super enjoyable all right uh my number seven on the list is santa clarita diet uh, currently on Netflix, it has three seasons. It's a hilarious show. It's with Timothy, Timothy Oliphant and uh, Drew Barrymore. It's kind of like a zombie family comedy show. It's the chemistry between the four main leads uh, is just great. They all work so well together. It's a great script. Love the show. Um, it uh, the third season just came out. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. All right, number seven for me is Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I'm, and this is pretty high on the list for a TV series that I'm currently watching and only three seasons through, uh, but I'm loving it. I'm having the time of my life watching it, um, and it's a show that like every day, like I'm like, oh, can't wait to have some free time to watch, watch this. Uh, you know, I'll watch sneak an episode in while I'm at work for lunchtime and stuff like that, uh, here and there. Super enjoyable show, the most I've ever enjoyed Andy Samberg. Um, and the cast is great all around. Um, it's another absolute mega hit from Michael Schur, um, who we'll see later on in, in these lists, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, number seven. All right. Uh, number six for me is Seinfeld. Um, you know, classic show, just kind of <laughs> it's just the story about like the everyday lives of these people. But it's humorous, you know. Jerry Seinfeld does a great job in it. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus. It's, I mean, I've never seen it the whole way through because there's what ten seasons of it or whatever. What? Um, but it's all, but it's it's always on TBS and Fox, and it's always on TV. And so whenever it's on, I try and catch it. It's a very funny show. <sighs> all right. Anyway. <laughs> uh six number six for me is king of the hill uh, i love this show uh it does not as many people love it i think as i do but it, it's a classic uh one of my favorites of all time for sure 
now we're starting to get in six through one. It's like, you know, spitball. I'm tossing darts at a dartboard here to, to pick where I'm placing these. Cause they're all so good. Um, but yeah, uh, King of the Hill, number six for me, uh, Hank Hill, propane salesman, uh, and his whole family and a lot of shenanigans. It's really funny. Dale Gribble, the, the conspiracy theorist neighbor, um, I mean, it's a great cast of characters. If you haven't checked it out, definitely do. I don't know where it's streaming. Maybe Hulu now. It used to be on Netflix for the longest time. Uh, but super enjoyable. Tons of memes and stuff like that out there now for it. But, uh, yeah, King of the Hill comes in number six for me. All right. Um, my number five on the list is New Girl. <clears throat> uh, it was on Fox. It's I loved the show. I mean, it had six seasons, I believe. Uh, the main four or five characters are great. You know, I got Zoe Duchanel in there, Jake Johnson, Max Greenfield. Um, it's, if you haven't watched, you know, it's just about these, these roommates living in their loft and about their lives and ups and downs. And it's a hilarious show. I love it. Um, it's on Netflix. If you want to watch it, um, I definitely recommend it. It's my number five there. All right. Number five for me, I have the office U S version. Um, very funny TV show. Uh, a lot of great characters, a lot of great actors that have gone on to do some great things uh, as they've kind of moved on from the TV show. Uh, I mean, I don't really have to get into it a lot. I feel like everybody's freaking seen The Office. So, I mean, it's understandable why it's here. But, yeah, five is The Office. All right. Four for me is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, as you mentioned earlier. Um, I am caught up with it. It's it gets better as it goes on. It recently moved to NBC because Fox was stupid and decided to cancel it. And thank goodness NBC picked it up. Hilarious show. Love it. It just keeps getting better. It's I definitely recommend it if you haven't watched it. So my number four there. All right. Number four for me is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) This one I kind of debated about going one, two, three, four, five, somewhere in that ballpark. I love this show. Uh, everybody in it is absolutely hilarious. A bunch of idiots in Philadelphia that run a bar um, and get into some really ridiculous shenanigans throughout. Um, super, super enjoyable. Maybe one of my favorite episodes of TV all time is the Wade Boggs episode where they attempt to drink like 80 beers on an airplane. Uh, and then Charlie Day tries to hit a baseball after being that drunk. Um one of the best episodes of all time of any TV show I've seen. So always sunny in Philadelphia. Another one that I feel like most people have seen. Um, great show. Number four for me. All right. Uh, number three for me is the office. As you mentioned earlier, I mean, it's hilarious show, many great characters on it and actors. Um, it's probably a lot of the people think it's the best uh, sitcom out there. Uh, it's so many memes, great clips and quotable lines have come from it love the show it was kind of a toss-up these top three for me are very could have gone in any direction so the office is number three for me all right number three for me i have parks and recreation um absolute classic it is where some people think like it i can kind of see where people think that it might have you know tailed off a little bit towards the end uh but in terms of the closest comparison i have to it is obviously the office um and the similarities the office tailed off a lot more for me in the 
the end. Um, it was a lot less enjoyable, you know, once uh, Mike Scott left. And, I mean, it was still good, but it just it didn't have the same gusto. Um, but Parks and Rec kind of stayed strong throughout almost the entirety of its run. It didn't overstay its welcome, which I kind of feel like The Office mm-hmm. and like that seventy mm-hmm. show and stuff did. Um, but and also the characters, I think, are just a little bit better than the office characters overall when you kind of like splice them to their you know alter ego or whatever you want to call it like the closest like your cousin or whatever you want to say um so yeah it definitely is a little bit better than the office for me so number three is parks and rec all right uh number two for me is uh the good place uh currently on nbc uh with chris and bell and ted danson they i think it has three seasons two of them are amazing they do great in it as well as the rest of the the lead characters um i'm blanking on their actress and actresses names but they the chemistry between them is so well the show is one of the best written shows uh, in recent memory i mean it's like reinvented itself like three or four different times throughout the show and it works every time love the show can't wait for the next season it's it's great highly recommend it uh my number two there is the good place uh, I'm going to go ahead and make a switch on my list here. I'm going to switch number one and number two here. Um, so number two is going to be the Simpsons. Um, and the only reason I'm doing that is just because I haven't seen the Simpsons in a long time. And a lot of that is because it just hasn't been openly available on a lot of platforms. Um, now, obviously with Disney streaming plus, like that's one of the big things I'm excited for because I'll be able to rewatch them uh, a lot more easily. Uh, but that said, I mean, growing up, The Simpsons was my favorite TV show for years. Um, it was literally appointment television for me to, you know, get home from school, you know, eat dinner or whatever. And five o'clock, five thirty or whatever. Fox, it was always on. Um, and then Fox on Sunday nights, new episodes. It was appointment television for me as a kid. Loved it. Uh, it'll always be one of my all time favorites. Um but I'm switching it to number two just because I have not seen it. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it in forever, but um, which also says that it's, it's staying power. Cause I mean, I've seen parks and rec like probably like three or four times the entire way through since the last time I really got to see multiple episodes of the Simpsons. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be number two for me. All right. And going into number one is, I mean, if you've heard this before, obviously parks and rec, it's one of, it's probably my favorite television show of all time. It's hilarious. Every single member of the main and supporting cast is great in their own ways. And it's not like I know, uh, sorry, Leslie Nope, the character, she's like the lead, the lead, lead and main. But I mean, so many other great characters within it. I mean, Nick Offerman's Ron Swanson, Chris Pratt is in it, Aubrey Plaza, uh, Rita Jones. It's Aziz Ansari. It's great. I love the show could always watch it you know, watch it my dad's going through it right now i'm watching it when i can with him hilarious show if you've never seen it it's on netflix go watch it right now it's i love it hilarious it's yeah my probably my favorite television show of all time so parks and rec is definitely my number one and number one for me seinfeld um and the reason it's getting the bump to number one is the more I grow up, the more I realize how relatable that TV show is to real life. And I watched it a lot as a kid and thought it was just kind of goofy. And I really enjoyed it then too. But, um, 
I mean, just the stuff they get into and how easy it kind of is to get into that uh, kind of, you know, buffoonery and stuff and dumb ideas and stuff. Uh, and in terms of meeting people, I mean, it's just a very relatable TV show on a comedy side. So Seinfeld is number one for me. It's definitely pro- it's definitely in my top three, probably all time favorite TV shows. Um, we'll end up doing a top ten drama and, you know, et cetera. Uh, episode in the future probably um but yeah seinfeld comes in number one for me then all right so solid list we each got there we did uh we were a little bit different than i expected to be which is nice i thought we'd have Um, multiple repeats yeah uh, definitely a few repeats in there but not a lot um i also don't don't watch a ton of new television which is why things like the good place i have not seen um and probably a few other ones on your list i haven't like new girl that was in a period where i probably wasn't watching a lot of tv um so a lot of that stuff is just doesn't make my list it took me this long to get to brooklyn 99 it's like seven seasons in (laughs) so um that explains where i am on the tv route and why a lot of mine are more older style picks but um yeah so that's it for our podcast this week um we'll send it on over to our song then Sports car. 